0: Um. All right, you guys ready?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: All right, one, two, three. Hello everyone, welcome to the Canine Classroom. I can't believe you just fucking counted. <laughs> Why are you stopping me? I'm leaving this fucking in. Anthony's letting me do the intro tonight. I'm here at Anthony DeMarinis or DeMarinis as my Siri likes to call him when I talk to him on Siri. My name is Vinny Viola, and we have a special, not too special, she's just a dog mom, right? We got Kayla, dog <laughs> mom of Toby, from the Toby Project here tonight. What's going on, guys?
1: Hi, hey. excited to be here.
0: There they are. So what's going on, guys? We got your tea ready. Me and Kayla got our tea tonight. I know Anthony doesn't like tea. Not a tea guy.
2: Definitely uh, not a tea guy. What kind Anthony, of tea are you guys I found, I I'm had drinking.
0: to... I'm sorry.
2: You first.
1: Know, my, so rude. The guest goes first. I'm drinking a sleepy time tea. I much prefer wine, but.
2: Yes. You know, now you're talking. Pregnant. starting <laughs> off the podcast. <laughs> now you're talking my language. This there is going to be a
0: great episode, guys. We're getting we sleepy
2: We make We make homemade vino, just so you know. My family makes homemade wine.
1: Really? Good
2: stuff. Ooh. Good oh.
1: stuff. Yeah, Vinny knows how much I like my wine. <laughs>
0: nice nice what are you
1: drinking there well
0: first i gotta say once kayla you know pops the the baby out of the oven we're gonna have to have another part two where she's having wine instead of sleepy time tea and we'll compare the two episodes (laughs) because i don't know sleepy time tea i don't even i forget the name mine has like ginger and clove it's it's to soothe my belly so that's what I'm drinking. But now I got a seltzer. I'm I'm, washing, I'm like, chasing it, it just, down. I'm chasing it down with a seltzer. So it just doesn't sound
2: that. appealing at all. Uh-uh. It just doesn't sound appealing at all.
0: So we have Kayla here. Just a dog mom. Do.
2: The only reason I'm just saying a that dog is mom. That's,
0: that's, that was her go-to all the time when I used to talk to her. Um, back in the... When I used to talk to her back in the clubhouse days... Yeah. That was where like we started talking. I feel like that was like a weird little blip of time. Anthony, you were there too, right?
2: Very was, short. I very, very short. Yeah, I just would last, sometimes but, like, go in there. Yeah.
1: I think I it was all there. very short. Oh man. Was, Anthony, like, he was all in the very, bottom.
0: It, he was in the audience.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I yeah, would just ne- sit there. He, he never hopped up.
2: <laughs> no, no. Vinny actually sometimes he would see my name in there and he'd message me. Yeah. I just like it was the weirdest conversation some or well, some of them some of them were decent <laughs> yes, i feel like that's all gonna...
1: me and Vinny did we we would be in clubhouse and just messaging back and forth about the topic
0: yeah, i would
2: usually yeah. listen to it in my car actually so that that was the only time i really had it on that was we the driving. worst
0: i'd be driving and then someone would like call me up to the stage and i'd be like i have to break like three laws in order to talk now <laughs> in this clubhouse <laughs> So, yeah, there's a lot of weird it's, things about that. still app. around, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's where I learned but about I am... all of the um, like NFTs and weird coins to blow all my money in. And,
1: oh my god, yeah. yeah. Definitely a... not good. Uh-huh. Still just a dog mom, just to make it clear.
0: <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> I feel like there is some value, though, to just being a dog mom. We've had some trainers on here we're obviously trainers but we would like to hear the dog mom perspective of living okay. with a um reactive dog and your journey
1: well i'll tell you what Uh-oh. sucked in the beginning <laughs> it was horrible oh my god i well did you
2: know your dog was reactive just so i understand did you know that um no. your dog was reactive when you adopt him or no
1: not at all. Okay. I was that naive, ignorant, clueless person that saw the dog curled up in a ball at the kennel at the shelter, felt horrible, just wanted to take them home because as soon as they would get out of the shelter, you know, everything would be PG Keen and they'd be fine, right? And my husband was like, you know, Kayla, he's gonna have issues, and I was like, No, he's not. And the shelters like he's probably gonna have issues. Please sign a behavior waiver. And I was like, okay. And then I took him home and he had some issues. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was a good wow. thing that got you to sign that waiver.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Smart. Smart. So, uh, so yeah, when did I mean, you, he... Um,
0: I was going to say, when did you start noticing then? So like you get home, you sign the waiver, your husband's like, oh, like this going to be a problem. So you're like, nah. So like, how soon?
1: So when we first brought him home, he was super shut down and I was like, I have the best dog ever. I'm like, he's not barking at any dog. He doesn't pull on the leash. I'm like, he just sleeps all day and chills. And, you know, he did go after the cat. So that sucked. But other than that, he seemed like a really easy dog. And, uh, oh, my God, we made so many mistakes. Like, I brought him to the pet store. I brought him to, like, the bar. I brought him to a marathon. <laughs> oh, and man. I'm like, oh, man. And like, I'm like, why is his tail always down? Like, I don't know. Or, and he was shit, like literally like so clueless and no, like I knew nothing about dog body language. It was, it's so embarrassing now that I look back. But then um, two weeks in, I would say maybe two or three weeks in, we brought him back from the marathon and he was shivering, right? And I'm like, man, it's not even that cold out, but he must be cold. Like, let's go take him home. He was just shivering because he was scared. And then we had my in-laws come over and he just like lost his mind. And I was like, oh, okay, this is weird. (laughs) And that's when like ever since he just kind of showed his reactivity full force, like barking and lunging at people, doing like cartwheels at the end of the leash going after dogs. And it was a real whirlwind and definitely then like the separation anxiety really came out for full force and it was just it was a lot it was a lot to handle and like sprinkle in the cat aggression that was fun
2: could you um maybe maybe for like our audience listening could you explain like the present I call them presenting concerns like what the issues were specifically and like when you say reactivity what that actually was because I think I think what's cool is like it's cool to hear a dog a dog mom, dog dad, dog owners story mm-hmm. and their journey especially living with a dog who has behavior issues or reactivity because I know I had a dog that was that way and it really mm-hmm. impact your life and it can also yeah it brings you on this uh journey if you allow it um which obviously that's what you're what you're doing, uh, you know, with, with what you're dealing with and with your story. So so maybe you could explain like what the reactivity looked like and what some of the issues are that you were dealing with or, or like currently are dealing with or, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think that's a good point because reactivity, just the term, doesn't give you much, right? So like to kind of speak about specific behaviors. So Toby has a few. When it comes to people and like strangers, He's fear reactive. So he'll display barky, lungy behaviors um, out of fear. And because it's out of fear, his lunges, I always say it's like kind of fake, right? Like he'll lunge at a person. And I just picture him being like, hold me back, mom, hold me back. But like, I'm barely holding him back. So that reactivity looks very, very different than his dog reactivity, which is like mega intense. So his dog reactivity, he does like, like dogs there's definitely mixed feelings with dogs. I'll call it frustration based reactivity just because the mission is to get to the dog. Now, those feelings are, I think, more of a, like a safety risk assessment. Like he'll, cause the leash is broken a few times, which again, new dog parents, but the leash has snapped and like, he'll like run up to the dog posture. And then like, if everything's cool. He'll like go into a play ball and like play. But it's definitely like a mix of emotions. So, his dog reactivity is like really high arousal, goes from zero to 60 in like a matter of like a second or two. And it's like full force lunging. So, there's that. And then he had separation anxiety where he was very destructive. And those behaviors were like eating my couch. That was brand new from Raymore and Planigan, or okay. eating like my table or the every eating out of crates. Um, so, there's that behavior. And then the cat reactivity. That, I think, was a mixture of, like, fear and just being pissed off. So he would definitely, like, aggressively, like, forward-based aggression, like, lunge towards the cats and, like, break down gates trying to get at them. So it was all, like, a whole lot to deal with. But those are, like, the big four behaviors we had to deal with with a very challenging environment of living in Philadelphia, Row homes. Does that answer your question? yeah i was gonna see
2: Vinnie. <laughs> i wasn't sure i was about to ask something you asked and the I question anthony me. come on she's answering your question <laughs> no no no. that's
0: i, I know I was... all about mr toby over there
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh... then he met toby oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. and i and i caught her too i caught her slipping i was recording toby toby saw me before Kayla saw me, we were, we we're I was picking yeah. up on her in her cemetery. She uh, goes for walks in the cemetery over there. That was fun.
1: So, yeah, that was a good time.
0: So you noticed some of these things. What were some of the first things that you tried? Maybe we'll just start mm-hmm. there. What were some of the first things that you did?
1: So, I mean, as any, I think, new dog owner dog guardian what have you um I didn't know anything about training like I didn't know how to teach Toby how to sit let alone tackle all these behavioral problems so I had to look through resources so I bought Cesar Milan's book and then I started like reading it and I was like yeah this sounds weird so I like stopped that really quick um and then I talked to my mom because she just uh recently got a dog and hired a trainer and she was telling me like what the trainer told her. So she was like, Oh, you know, try a prong collar and stuff. So I was about to buy one of those. And then I started to look on like line about like aggressive and reactive dogs. And I found this concept of like force free, positive reinforcement based training. And that sounded a lot more appealing to me um, just because uh, I don't know, like I, I could tell he was just really afraid and struggling. And I think being someone who has anxiety like that, and I feel like I I could relate. So when I was reading the concepts of positive reinforcement based training, it just really like resonated with me. So I dove into that. Um, I did hire a trainer, Naomi from Praiseworthy Pet, and she was wonderful. And I still talk to her all the time. She specializes in cat dog households. Um, But then COVID hit. (laughs) So um, life kind of shut down for a bit. So I had to just like read everything. So I just read a ton of books and I tried to execute the methods I was reading. And I did a really bad job. Uh, Control and Leash is a book I read. That's an amazing book. And I, I mean, poor Leslie McDevitt, if she actually saw how I used, look at that, she would just (laughs) cringe and be like, oh my God, that is not what was supposed to happen. And then Grisha Stewart's BAT 2.0, I was doing these, basically I was doing every sub threshold training method out there because that's what i i see right there's that engaged disengaged pdf by alice tong and there's bat 2.0 book there's controlled unleash everyone talks about look at that and pattern games but a lot of these exercises are when there's an appropriate distance not like when you're living in an urban environment or or
2: controlled like a controlled setup um, yes yeah, like mm-hmm. a controlled setup or environment where you're, playing.
1: where a trainer is like <laughs> guiding you, and it's like very skilled. Yeah. So I was trying all of these methods with Toby, um, in very inappropriate times and in inappropriate ways. So we how, kind of uh, sucked for a while.
2: How? Um, since you had all these, um, since you had all of these different like programs or protocols, you were trying to implement. Was this all around the same time, or was this like, all right, I tried that for a month, I tried that for a month, or like what all was going- all
1: around the same time, pretty oh, much. So like, okay. like I read that first, and then I read Control and Leash and Jane Killian's Pig Fly, which I actually love. That one was the most helpful for me because it was easy to kind of not screw that up because that was just kind of more teaching behaviors and stuff. But um, yeah,
2: the other yeah, no, very- I, I
1: hodgepodge a lot of the methods and. One of the first things when I actually finally started to work with the trainer, uh, Dr. Amy Cook, um, she was kind of like, you're diving into way too many methods and it's getting really messy. She's like, you need to take a step back, focus on like one thing at a time and you're missing management. (laughs) And like, I really think I can help you because we also met at Clubhouse and she, she reached out to me because she started to watch some of my videos after we had a conversation and she was like, yeah, I could definitely see where you're struggling um, let me help you. And ever since I started working with her, Toby made more progress in a month than, um, he made in a year and a half of me trying to do it yourself.
2: Wow. Yeah. And also you, to be fair to you, I mean, the books you, um, described that, that you were having issues or struggling with are not easy reads, you know, they (laughs) really aren't. I mean, even for me as when you know, like as a, a trainer, when I started working uh, towards more behavior modification, I had to go through the books a bunch of times and Brisha mm-hmm. Stewart's work is great. But I remember I had to get her DVDs because the book was confusing because I'm not, I just don't do well with reading generally. But when I read the book, I was like, what's going yeah. on here? Like, I need to <laughs> visually see what this is because mm-hmm. it sounds good, but mm-hmm. I, in, on- paper, to me, it was confusing. So I could see how like just a, a regular dog owner yeah. is going to be confused when they see that or or even like control unleashed some of the things in there require you to practice or have some skill or, mm-hmm. or visually see it before you start implementing it.
1: Yeah, there's so much skill needed for not only is there so much skill needed, because there's so much nuance in all these methods. But there is a general foundational knowledge one should have before reading. I read Bat two point a second time and that like the second time after having like some sort of knowledge about animal behavior was way easier than the first time. But the first time I read it, I was like, What am I reading? And I was like, Don't micromanage your dog. And I was like, Okay, Toby. <laughs> and like, we would go out in the city and I wouldn't micromanage him. And then he would just lose his mind. And I'm like, I don't think this is what I'm supposed to do. It was hard. I, I screwed up. I screwed up a lot.
2: Was it challenging? Um, like, did you feel like, what did you feel like? I, I, cause I always, I'm always curious, especially with dogs that are really reactive because that can be so it's just so stressful for the dog owner, especially when they weren't planning on signing up for that. They just wanted to yeah. get a family pet. So, like, it's what heavy. was like, what was that like? like? Explain a little bit of that. I'm curious, it's like, what you were like dealing with with all that stuff.
1: I call those my dark days because, um, now right before we adopted Toby, my husband like lost his like soul dog Max. Um, and that was his dog, and I like kind of married into that couple. And they were just so in love. And when he passed uh, shortly after, you know, everyone mourns differently. And Nick was like, I'm like, let's go to the shelter and get another dog. And Nick didn't want Toby, you know, Nick was like, you know, this dog's going to have issues. I want this dog Rocco. And I didn't want Rocco because Rocco was like a Spencer, (laughs) like super like a high arousal dog. And I was like, (laughs) I don't know how he'll be with the cat. And, um, Rocco ended up getting adopted and Toby got time stamped for the next day. So it kind of made our decision easy. But when he came out with all these behavioral problems, I had this immense amount of guilt because here my husband's mourning and he knew that this dog was probably going to have issues and mm-hmm. he got him because of me. And now I didn't know what to do. And I just felt a huge amount of anxiety. Not to mention, yeah, I just I had a ton of anxiety and it was really it was really bad. Like those days were horrible. Um, I ended up getting on anti anxiety meds because I just wasn't coping at all, and I drank so much wine. But um, luckily this, for
2: was this him, because yeah, was that because of him?
1: Yeah, the anxiety. Yeah, it was so mm. bad. He was like yeah. he was such a like he felt like such a liability at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was nervous he was going to kill my cat, and I knew if I returned him sh- to the shelter he'd be euthanized immediately because he was already time stamped, so I didn't feel safe in my home. Toby didn't feel safe, my cats didn't feel safe. Nick was still mourning. it was just a lot of really dark emotions, mm. and um I would never go back to those early days like they were they were really hard,
2: yeah.
0: So I want to go back to then the training. Um, Did you notice improvement in the beginning, even though you were doing these protocols and training methods incorrectly, or do you feel like they made things worse?
1: So I saw, it depends when you look at which reactivity, Um, because again, and this is something I don't see get talked about often, at least in the beginning, I'm seeing it more talked about now, but Fear based reactivity versus say, frustration, arousal, like kind of genetic <laughs> reactivity. But for Toby's fear based reactivity, like there was some progress. Like I could easily redirect him and he would look at me for a treat and then I would just repetitively click and treat, click and treat. And he wasn't reacting, but when you look back at videos, and I post a ton, you can see his body language is just scared. So though he wasn't displaying like outward behavior, what happened for his fear-based reactivity is he became a lot more hyper vigilant. So he starts to scan the environment for scary things because I was always clicking and treating for scary things. He wasn't like looking for treats. He was just like looking for scary things. So not really, very, very small progress, if any, for the fear stuff. And then for the dog reactivity, 100% made it worse. No question in my mind. If I appropriately managed Toby from the start, I think I could have very well prevented his dog reactivity from escalating to what it um to what it became because it was an arousal issue and i kept making him look at dogs and his arousal would just keep on escalating until you know it was just so quick so i do think i made his dog reactivity worse somehow the cat reactivity that worked for sure i hand like i just tossed cookies all day with the cats and that was resolved um and I don't know how I fixed the separation anxiety to this date. So don't ask. I have no idea.
0: But that's gotten better. Okay. So yeah. you, mentioned, you mentioned management. Some of our, some of the listeners might not know what you mean by that. Um, you said manage him from day one. So give us like yeah. an idea of what that looks like compared to what you had been doing. Oh.
1: And you know, I could talk about management all day because <laughs> it literally was the missing piece of my puzzle. And I think it should be every foundation do any training plan. And I think it should be skilled. And like, I think it should be fluent and practice. Oh, my God, I love management. But anywho, basically, it's just preventing undesirable behaviors. Right. And there's many different ways to do this. And when I when I start to, um, like kind of branch out and study different methods, like including balance compared to force free, um, I saw a lot more management like in the balance world, right? Because they have tools that would offer leverage in order to prevent undesirable behaviors from happening. And what I was doing was engage, disengage as a management tool, which is really ineffective. So then that's where like Amy came in and she was like, listen, you know, you know, she used to be a balanced trainer. I mean, anyone who's been training for probably 30 years has, Um, she's like, I I see what you're missing instead of um, this is what we have to do. we basically manage with fun food and games practice it a million times outside of context so it becomes like a really practice skill for you and your dog and this is how you're going to prevent behaviors um like you know undesirable behaviors from being rehearsed and that was really important to me because that's what I needed the most because Toby was practicing his reactivity and all these reactive behaviors so often which makes them stronger and I really thought I was going to have to resort to aversive tools, which I really didn't want to because Toby's such a sensitive dog. And I just thought I was barely skilled enough to give reinforcement. Like was I skilled enough to handle these tools? So the fact that I was able to manage Toby in a tough environment without them was such a huge game changer. And it improved my confidence, which was everything because I had absolutely none walking out that door.
0: So is it safe to say then in the beginning, it was important for you to be able to kind of be control him in a sense?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I, and that's like, I always, again, I feel like when there's two different camps, we talk so much about how we're different. So from a dog mom perspective, I saw one camp talk about structure all the time, place and, you know, oh, heel and, know, control and then i saw the other camp talk about agency and choice and what i did was i went far to the you know the agency and choice but toby didn't have the skills yet in order to make the right choices so i was mm-hmm. setting him up to fail so i needed to definitely kind of go more in the middle there and like control and guide and lead toby when he needed Help, and then in scenarios where he might be able to make a good decision the choice points in his favor give him that opportunity so it was a a balance that i didn't have at all
2: could you give some examples because i feel like maybe to the typical dog owner this sounds a little abstract so maybe would you be able to give like an example of what you were allowing where maybe he was given choice and it wasn't in his, fa- it didn't work out in, in his or your favor. And then maybe, all right, what did I do to maybe, uh, resolve that or address that where I had some structure or something to help? This-
1: yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, in the beginning, like, as soon as I started to work with Amy, she's like, Kayla, just stay conservative, like stay conservative and just manage guide. You know what I mean? So In the beginning, I really wasn't giving Toby any of those choice points. In the beginning, I was just pretty much preventing Toby from continuously looking at scary things. She always says one and done. And that really stuck with me. Like one look, done. That's all you need, especially if each look is going to just cause more, you know, fear and anxiety. Because if that's the case, are we really tipping that ratio to the positive? So in the beginning, I would just manage and that would look like things like a magnet hand where I have treats in my hand and I'm continuously feeding my dog or a find it where we just do a treat scatter or or having Toby jump up on things or putting his paws on things or doing quick 180s. Like it was just fun, fun games to prevent the repetitive looking to prevent the stress jolts. And then once Toby's body language starts to loosen up and he started to kind of offer management became a habit where he would look to me when he would see scary things and expect to be managed. Then I started to kind of, you know, manage less. Um, she always says, reduce, relax, replace. So you reduce the undesirable behaviors, stay conservative, and then you'll see a shift because both you and the dog are able to relax. And then when the dog's more in an operant mind, more thinking and kind of going in like prefrontal cortex versus the limbic system, they could finally like replace those habitual behaviors with those instinctual behaviors with different ones so i could actually cue toby to walk in the heel next to a person which i never thought i could like i never thought that would be possible without force
0: now she's talking to a a doctor we're bringing up um, i know i know i know I know. i
1: know i i as soon as it (laughs) came out of my mouth i was on her rant, and as soon as it came out of my mouth i wanted to take it back i wanted to take it back i was just listening to your amazing podcast episode with dr Pockle and he was oh he was he was saying such good things and i stole it sorry (laughs) (laughs) but it's true so
0: so again um i'm gonna try to explain it like a five-year-old thank you because that stuff That's makes, even, that makes me nervous too when you start bringing up the brains and
1: everything. I know, I know, my bad. Funny, I
2: see you actually sweating a little bit. I'm sweating. Oh, yeah, Where is, it the, the is it the tea? It's the tea, the tea I don't hot. know, might it's be the hot. tea. <laughs> the tea is
0: getting me a little. You
1: guys have to remember though, like that type of stuff is what I learned. So like that helps, that makes sense to me. <laughs>
0: So you're coming up, you're developing games, and I think an important thing Mm -hmm. that I think you might not have said is you worked on those games not in real-life scenarios in the beginning, right? Yeah. Like, you worked on them, like, in your living room, like, with nothing going
1: on. All the time. So, like, when you say
0: they start becoming a habit, it's, like, the, almost, like, the games that you're gonna use when you need them have already become programmed and a habit and... Conditioned and trained way before you're ever using them, right? Okay, so then
1: okay, I'll say I'll say yes and no because I definitely I was supposed to, but yes.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah, okay. So (laughs) in the meantime, I needed to. (laughs) In the meantime, did you avoid walks or did you use this like man? Like, did you do more of like I don't want to say force, but if something happened, would you just grab him and go? Would you just get out of there? Like what happened in those situations
1: i'm so glad you mentioned that because this is a point (laughs) that i want to get out to dog owners here we go Um, one yes we did avoid um neighborhood walks as best as we can i am very privileged enough to have a car so i was able to drive toby to the cemetery and we did that for a bit um i don't have a driveway so like i did have to walk in like either down the block or you know to my car so there's that um and if Toby would lunge and re- like lunge or you know react I used to freeze hard and just kind of stand there and be like here's a cookie like oh come here come <laughs> here and like try to lure him because I was so afraid to pull my dog I was so afraid to pull him away because yeah. I was like is this not force-free is this okay is this causing like negative feelings like am I allowed to pull him? And Amy like, Amy was watching my videos and she was like, it's okay to pull your dog. And I was like, what? Like, I can actually pull my dog away? She's like, yeah, like please. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. So that's helpful to know because I feel like a lot of us feel bad for it. And then we're just kind of standing there and negotiating with a dog who's not even like mentally there. It's okay. To pull your dog along i'm not saying you gotta yank and crank just like <laughs> keep it moving
0: yeah and i'm glad i'm glad you're bringing that up i i usually always tell my clients from the like right away that they can get their dog to move i do add the caveat that if their dog is scared of something or someone
1: mm-hmm. don't
0: pull them towards that thing right like they're not just being yeah. stubborn yeah. like they might be nervous yeah. like there's a difference between like I always use the example, not like really reactivity, but like if your dog is lunging at the floor to eat a Snickers bar and you like pull him away from it, that's different than there's like a weird creepy guy with a hat and a beard because I have a hat and a beard and your dog is backing up. And I am, kind of <laughs> and your dog is like backing away. Like that's not the scenario where we're saying like just pull your dog and go. But like if your do- dog is like loading up on something on a trigger, and like the thing that the one thing that really a pet peeve of mine is when there's a dog that's like over threshold, staring at something, and like you're like I see people just like begging that dog to take food, right? Like sticking the treats yeah. in the face, and the dog just does not want it. It's not doing anything. And they just sit there, right? Like, uh-huh. I don't know. I saw you raising your hand. But like that is, and I've done it. Like, I'm not just like, oh, I hate it. I'm like above mm-hmm. that. Like I did that too. Like I did the same thing. And then I get better cheese and do it. It's like, if that's happening, like I am taking you and going. And then this is yep. like, I know we've talked about leash pressure. So it's like we're blue in the face on the show already. So we don't yeah. have to go into that whole thing. But like teaching things, like we're yeah. moving, like an emergency U-turn. We're going and you're mm-hmm. coming. And like, you don't get a choice there right is that bad to say no uh, no that's not bad to say like Like, you don't get a choice there's no
1: like (laughs) there is no negotiation buzz they're like this is like sorry toby you're not gonna lose your mind at that like little poor puppy and like you know what i mean like it's not nice it's rude and it's not healthy for you or me because it hurts me so no a hundred percent and that was me that's how i got famous on tiktok I posted a video of me basically doing that like Toby losing his mind me trying to coax him with a treat and this was like really before me and Amy's like management system got into play where I was still clueless and dog trainers um, on the balance side had a field day with it and there were stitches of it and duets and people like making fun of me and saying how I have to have a prong on myself like it got wild I've never (laughs) seen so many inappropriate comments but you know they you know fair point it was really bad management on my part you know I didn't know what I was doing but yeah no I totally was that person
0: yeah, and so you could almost see where where they come come from. And I yeah. I warned Anthony we're not we're not turning this into the whole like horse-free imbalance thing again, right? Yeah. No, I not. see it more as like a spectrum, right? Like just a, a a big spectrum. Um, because when they see, you know, a dog that's doing stuff like that and there's just no management at all, it it mm-hmm. does like you probably look back on it. I mean, the one thing that I admire about you is you'll like Kayla will post a three-year-old video and be like what the hell was I doing you know what I mean (laughs) instead of like going back and deleting a video and pretending it never happened like she'll literally be like look like this is what I did wrong and this is why it's wrong and this is what it was leading to so you know I think that it's it's nice that you do that um but I think it does also, also yeah sorry
1: sorry go ahead I was just gonna say I also like that's part of the reason why I like my dog mom title so much so like not being a dog trainer and just being a dog mom, I feel like I have the more freedom to like show all my mistakes because <laughs> it's not my profession. Right. <laughs> and, and like, you know, for it's more relatable to other dog owners. Cause I, I mean, I wouldn't be talking about it if I didn't see other people making the same exact mistakes as I did. It's, it's confusing world and there's so much nuance to it and I see it all the time. I'm like, no, no, like try Don't, don't do that. Like. <laughs> there's just other ways and i think i think we just think of dog i don't know i don't know where i'm going with it but yeah i i just see a lot of people make the same mistakes i did so i really like to highlight it because i think if you could see it you could be like do you oh, think, damn, do you do think that, that
0: sometimes do you think that sometimes that might intimidate certain dog trainers
1: what do you mean do you
0: think you intimidate dog trainers because of your ability to show your work completely and you don't really have to risk I don't know. Do I, wanna... I
1: intimidate? Do I intimidate you guys?
0: No, not not like. <laughs> I, I'll I'll admit sometimes you, when when I, I I think where I'm going with this is I've had a lot of conversations with you and I've learned from you and I think that's okay to say and I think some people or some dog trainers might be scared to say that they're learning things from someone that's like not a dog trainer or like just a client like if whether it's one of their clients or if it's a dog mom Mm -hmm. on TikTok right um even if it's just you making me see things from a perspective that I don't see things like one thing like one thing that you really opened me up to that I, I constantly have you in the back of my head and you call me out for it is sometimes there'll be something that will help you a lot and it'll be something that I overlook because maybe I just do it naturally. Like yeah. you said that to me, yeah. like you, like, and I'd be like, Oh, like, wait, you don't do that. And you're like, well, you never told me to. And I was like, well, but like you just mm-hmm. do it. And like, you're like, no, like I don't understand that I was supposed to do that, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. I think that's interesting too. And like, I, I know I've seen some of the hate that you get and I know like trainers from all sides <laughs> will hate on mm-hmm. you for stuff. And I just wonder like, what's, what's behind that like what's behind that hatred I'm wondering like do you think it would be different if you were a dog trainer or do you think
1: I don't know I think if I was a dog trainer then I don't think I would be posting what I post (laughs) you know what I mean like do you see me post anything about physical therapy
0: interesting interesting
1: no way I don't want my work to be out there and be critiqued by other professionals who are like in the same field as me I think that has a lot of balls right like and I don't have those balls to do with physical therapy plus I don't want anyone to do my exercises and then sue me because we all know I'm have this like well you know (laughs) Anthony that I I have this like innate I've always had this innate fear of being sued like from a like so so getting a dog like Toby I was like dang but um (laughs) No legal uh, advice yeah.
0: on this, on this podcast. No,
1: no. It's just, I, I mean, even from like ice on my sidewalk, like I'll freak out. I just, it's just a, a, it's <laughs> one of my anxieties. So um, I, I won't post about like about physical therapy. So I do think if I was a dog trainer, I don't think I would be sharing as much as I do. Uh, so know, I think it would I, just be very different.
2: I'm just thinking about Vinny's question a little bit because I'm sitting here I'm sitting here just thinking like I mean everyone naturally and if you say you don't then you're a liar that's what i say but oh, everyone naturally words everyone naturally judges everyone naturally judges to some degree or you know, even us trainers will go to a home and we'll leave the consult and we'll be like, how is someone living that way? You know, with whatever the case is, I'm not specifically talking about yours, but I'm just thinking in my mind, like that, the fact that Vinny is saying, and I don't pay enough attention to social media, so I don't know, but the fact that Vinny's saying that He's trainers so cool. He's
0: above
1: us. Of, yeah, well, so you don't I, know because I don't project? because I don't
2: I feel like I'm the loser though because I'm the one who's not paying attention, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um so you guys are the cool kids. You guys have like thousands and thousands of followers, you know. No, I'm just no. little old Anthony here. So um, <laughs> just the local dog trainer. You guys are the celebrities. So but but to hear to hear that like dog trainers of you know, any methodology is what it's sounding like, actually go to degrees to come after you. It's kind of interesting to me because I I don't see what the purpose is unless maybe they find you to be a little threatening, like what Vinny was saying, because yeah, I mean, I've seen your videos, you know, you, you post not only your mistakes but you post like hey this is what works for me or this is my opinion mm-hmm. or this is what i've learned this week and what we're doing with that information mm-hmm. so you're in a way promoting stuff that someone in the profession would be promoting or trying to to discredit or debunk mm-hmm. but i wonder if maybe maybe that's the reason because they feel a little bit threatened by you because i just find it so odd that You know, people, dog trainers, professionals are going to such lengths to come after you, just a dog mom posting about your particular, your individual journey with your dog. Yeah.
1: I think, I think there's, I think there's a lot there. And I mean, there's a lot we could get into, which I, oh, let's have them get into it. No, no, no. I (laughs) I mean, I mean, the biggest thing though, I'm not even going to get into the misogyny or anything like that, but you know, because I do feel like not only so, like being a smaller um, person who identifies as female and then having a reactive pit bull and training with positive reinforcement based training, I call myself like a triple threat. Like it could get a lot of people angry because a lot, and, and I'm just a dog mom, right? I'm not a dog trainer. So I think some people, it just kind of like, Makes them second guess everything that they kind of thought because I'm showing everything. Like it is a very well documented case study. And people always say it can't work, it can't work, it can't work, it can't work. And like here, little me is showing that it actually does work. You just have to kind of do it right. And there's, it's very easy to do it wrong and just say that the whole method is wrong, right? Like if I, just stopped at what I was doing with like using methods incorrectly and then said positive reinforcement based training doesn't work for hard dogs like Toby you know what I mean I could have easily done that but I just improved my skill set thanks to actually working with a trainer Um, and just these small tweaks It made everything so much easier I'm not saying it's not a challenge it's it's still you know still a journey but think because it's documented it does kind of challenge some beliefs that some people have
0: and then are you seeing that are you seeing that from both sides because i know like one of the tools that i think you were even apprehensive about using in the beginning was like a flat collar i know i've gotten shit people have dm me i'm like hey i love your stuff i love your content i noticed that your dogs aren't wearing harnesses why like i'll get messages like that Um, it's definitely
1: to a a lesser extent for sure like very Mm -hmm. very much to a lesser extent um but i'll get i'll get um people who ask about the flat collar that definitely raised some concerns or a lot of people get upset that i do talk about how i screwed up engage disengage or look at that and will um you know like message me about that and i i have to make it I don't know how I can make it more clear that it wasn't the methods themselves, but like how I executed them. And I, I, I feel like I try to be like really clear about that. Wait, but I want to, people... I want
2: to push on that a little. I want to ask, mm-hmm. I, I'm curious. So what do you mean there? So are you saying people are like dog trainers are reaching out saying, why are you saying that?
1: Yeah. Some like people will get a up... concept. Yeah. Yeah. Some people will get upset. About you know me talking about engage, disengage, or looking that, and how I you know did it incorrectly, and how it wasn't helpful for me, and I don't I don't use it. Um, or you know ditching a clicker, I'll get messages like, "Oh my goodness, you're ditching the clicker!" <laughs> just silly things like that. You know, it's just really silly things. Um, well, it's in, I definitely just, to a just, lesser extent, though. It's interesting, and
2: it's interesting because as I'm listening to, you, I'm thinking about the other podcast episodes that we've discussed with others so far on whether it's methodology or being very open to uh, hearing other people out and being objective and understanding. And so as I'm hearing this, I'm just like sitting here laughing in my head, shaking my head. Like, it's just kind of funny in a way that dog trainers professionals are reaching out to you, questioning you because you're, maybe they're feeling like you're, it's a threat because you're bad mouthing something, but No one, it doesn't, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like people aren't actually saying, could you explain why this maybe didn't work for you? Because the reality is you're a dog owner. You're not a professional. Mm -hmm. And here we now have someone who is dedicated to their dog, who made mistakes or whatever, or implemented strategies differently. I'm not going to say incorrectly, because maybe it wasn't actually incorrect, you implemented them, all right. So it was incorrect, all right. So, <laughs> but but the reality is is that the reality is is that I can tell you, me and Vinny have mm-hmm. those clients too, and yeah. uh, you know, like I know, I'm not gonna sit there and and judge the client or okay, that's not working. We need to try something else. So I find mm-hmm. it just interesting that people would come after you because like you're not even a professional, but the fact that they're coming after you for something like this. And rather than looking at it as, well, mm-hmm. oh, this is a good opportunity to understand how a dog owner made a mistake or made mistakes or learn or is learning mm-hmm. from their mistakes. Like, how can I learn from that person? So my clients don't make the same mistakes. So that way I can maybe be more clear with my own clients when I'm teaching them those skills.
1: Yeah. And I, I do think a big part of that is that I have a, like, I have a platform, right? Like mm-hmm. I have an influence So I think some trainers might get worried about that, you know, am I, and, and that's something that I always say, I need to be a little bit more mindful of, because I puke content out, like, I don't second guess, I am not a perfectionist, if I have an idea, I post it immediately, like, I don't wait, I don't do all these fancy edits, I just, idea, thought, puke it out. And since I do have a following, which I never anticipated, talk about anxiety, like, this was not supposed to be like people weren't supposed to know about Toby like I was just looking for other people that like could I I could relate to and and learn from but um it's something that I do have to be mindful of because that does carry some weight so I don't know if that's a concern you know what I mean it could be a whole lot of different things but it is interesting the way that Vinny did ask that question you know I just think it's an unregulated field and there's a lot of different opinions and I I try my best and do my best to make sure I'm saying like, this is what I do for my dog. This is what I have done for Toby, because I am a dog mom with a sample size of one. I have never trained any other dog. You know what I mean? I've only trained Toby and he's taught me a lot, but he's very different than a Baloo. He's very different than Spencer. Like I can't really talk for every dog and I don't think anyone really can, but I could definitely share what's helped Toby and what hasn't, and that's what I try to stick to now.
2: Good for you. I mean, because I like even just what you were saying. You were looking for people to learn from, and and I, I one thing I really love about your page is, first of all, like you're saying, it's about your journey, your spec- the specific things that are working for you. But I also, what I also love is how like I've sent clients to your page who are dealing with the same or similar things and hey why don't you go see like what someone else is doing that sometimes relating to someone and seeing the things that they have to deal with or live with on a daily basis because that, that stuff does get stressful and it does affect your daily life or social life you know anything mm-hmm. I mean it, it really can affect a lot of things so I think it's interesting because now you're the person that people could also search for to be, to relate to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I have a lot of people come into my like DMs asking questions. And the again, I'm very, I know Vinny makes fun of me. Cause I'm always like, I'm a dog mom, not a dog trainer, but I'm not a dog trainer. I don't want to be a dog trainer. I have no interest to be a dog trainer, but what I do provide on my page, I will always cite my source. Like any, anything I have learned, I will cite the trainer that I learned it from. I have cited Vinny. I cite Amy. I cite Shade. I cite Sarah Strumming. I will always cite because if you do send people to my page, I don't want them to learn from me. I want them to learn from the trainers that I'm learning from because there is a difference. I still screw up all the time. I'm just a dog mom. (laughs) So it it could get tricky sometimes.
0: And I think just to defend myself because I know I like making fun of her, but and the reason why I know she's not a dog trainer but I'm like dude you would pass the test you know what I mean like most and like maybe with like a couple of nights of studying so um what I mean by that is she's not and I don't want to say like the typical client or like the typical dog parent because I feel like that's Mm -hmm. not right there's obviously all different degrees but if you think about and maybe you could help us with this because it's something that I'm always thinking about. If you think about the typical client that I might get, they might spend anywhere from four to eight sessions with me and their dog might be least reactive and they don't even know what that term means. Um, yeah. And they have other issues too that they're working on. Like they don't even, that might not even be their main concern. And mm-hmm. I, I guess what I would what I would ask you is if you had like four sessions with someone, with a dog like Toby, what how would you try to communicate to them very quickly and effectively to kind of get to where you're at and that's why I poke fun at you because you've made this almost like a hot I mean it's a hobby you spend you've spent a lot it of is. time and hours and you're dedicated like you I don't a know. dream client like you're a dream client but unfortunately not a lot of people have the t- like not that you have a bunch of extra time I know you were waking up at like you know early in the morning and you stay up late um you're you work full time it's not like you're just sitting at home with toby like right yeah um how can we reach people quicker because unfortunately time like a time constraint is a thing and and i go on tangents so i'm gonna keep asking dude i got my time constraint I know. She's that's, sitting there like chomping. and waiting. You're going to be able to talk for like 20 teeth. minutes. So what, what, what I wanted to add one little thing is like because then that's where people might go like go to other tools or go to stuff or try other things. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Management. I'm telling you. It's start, so fast. Yeah.
0: So that was like the Just number management. one game changing thing with you.
1: Number one game changer by mm-hmm. far management and like getting a very like very precise, very practiced specific like the, the 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 like tilting your hand this way like so mm-hmm. you could have the head near the leg like the littlest things but getting really really fluent with a management system which isn't that hard it's really not hard to toss cookies like it is the game changer and you know amy used to use management as her behavior mod you know what i mean like it used to just be all management and then she added therapy but management in itself does classical conditioning. It prevents undesirable behaviors from happening. It reinforces more desirable behaviors. If you would get a solid management system, I think a lot of people would be able to stay away from aversive tools. I have, and I live in a city with a really challenging dog. It's and then been do you... by far the game changer. I have one more mini. And All fun. right,
0: do it. And just what? playing
1: with your dog and like Play. playing with your dog and not.
0: No, we not don't being have
1: any so fun. Like, not like, I feel like when it comes to reactivity and dealing with these behavioral problems, it's so heavy and we want to fix the triggers and, and just, you know, fix the behaviors. But if you manage with fun food and games, that's playing and then just play with your dog and like connect with your dog, that in itself helps so many things because they're able to relax and calm their nervous system down. So I really just think management and playing. They were the complete game changers in my relationship with OB.
0: And so do you see, do you think that eventually obedience can be management, for example, like
1: a hundred percent. Yeah. I am like now, you can like,
0: teach, like I, like, yeah, if I'm doing a pass by, like, I put my dog in a heel by my side, you know, yep. like, I and do I do, do that, that. that now.
1: I do that. Yeah, so now. you've gotten to the
0: level that now you can do that.
1: And that was, that's what replace is in Amy's reduce, relax, replace. Replace is obedience. Replace is training. Replace is mm-hmm. skills. But mm-hmm. you can't really do that until you could get your dog more calm. But you need that happy. control. Thank you need it. that
0: control first. Now, to, to be fair with, um, like, so let's talk about tools a little bit. Do you feel, because sometimes I feel like, me- I, I believe method is more important than just tools, right? I think tools can be used in all different ways. Um, of course. If you did everything that you did, but say you had a head halter on or a prong collar on or a slip lead on, do you think much would really be different other than just the control over your dog? Like, say you weren't using a prong collar to deliver pops or corrections, but you just used it as a way to manage your dog.
1: For Toby, I think it would have been a problem because if mm-hmm. Toby was on a prong collar for how often he was lunging and reacting, because again, I was letting him stare at things and build up his arousal. He would definitely self-correct and he's really sensitive. So I think that would just uh, that. So I by think self-correct, just because self-...
0: people might not know, you mean like he'd lunge and then hit the end of the he'd leash on his own and, and then you would the be end. getting corrected before you actually did anything.
1: Exactly. And that would prevent him. I think that I think it would have worked from a standpoint that he probably would stop lunging and barking right it would Mm -hmm. have been punishing enough for him in my opinion Mm -hmm. uh but i think having a shut down dog already that's like the last thing i wanted for him was to not do behaviors to avoid a negative consequence Mm -hmm. so i think it would have showed him being less reactive but i think it would have took me farther away from my ultimate goal which is having a really happy and confident dog
0: and do you think that would be true to the both types of reactivity that he has?
1: Yeah. Because in the beginning, his reactivity was very, like his dog reactivity wasn't as explosive as it was in the very beginning. He he would have been easily redirected. Um, and again, he would lunge. So I think with the dog reactivity, my fear would be that his him liking dogs because the dogs it's not like he loved dogs he's not a blue where he's like oh my god a dog <laughs> he was like got a dog I kind of think I want to say hi I kind of don't know are you safe are you not safe I think if I had a verse of tools on him around dogs it could have easily changed his associations. you know he has more dog friends than I do but it was like you know Toby mm-hmm. was very unsure he's a very un sure dog Mm -hmm, so I mm -hmm. do I think for regardless of reactivity for my specific dog aversive tools would have took us again farther away from our long-term goal and I'm really happy I didn't because the one thing Dr. Pockel said in your podcast episode that really stuck out with me is you can't undo it like once you do something once you train a certain way once you do anything it's part of their learning history and that really Mm -hmm. stuck out to me and it definitely made me feel a little good, just because there was definitely times where I thought what I would do was doing like there's definitely times where I thought, okay, maybe I should do this, maybe I should do this, maybe I should do this, um, and overall, like seeing the dog who I have today, I I am happy I spent.
0: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, especially for Toby and his personality. I think I agree with you. The self correcting, you know, classical conditioning is always happening, and
1: and not to mention, punishment can be reinforcer to the reinforcing to the punisher. And for a person like me, like I'm kind of hot headed. I had to work very hard to like be a, a cool calm collective person like I gotta count to 10 I'm Italian like I have a temper and I don't trust I don't I'm I only don't laughing
0: because I've never seen it and you're like sitting there like sipping tea and like tossing cookies at your dog while you're saying that.
1: Are, oh my god are you kidding like in high school oh my god no I I used to I used to say the meanest things and then oh, I was like no. wow this is a this is a problem I have an anger problem like I need to like I have a question <laughs> I need question. to not be like that
2: <laughs> I have a question for you so I I've asked this to Vinny so um when you used to get that way do you remember sometimes? like do you remember things that you were saying or would you kind of like almost get so angry it almost like black out a little bit
1: totally totally black out
2: and then he's trying to make when himself feel better i'm the same, he's I'm the same, same way like when session. i get Relax. to when i get to a certain point <laughs>
1: I don't my know
2: what's coming out of my mouth god know? bless
1: all my ex-boyfriends my god
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: i mean they deserved it jujitsu, but...
0: man you guys gotta get that anger out i don't know what's going hey, on hey i got
1: guys. i got myself together i am i'm am cool now
0: <laughs> okay so back to toby because that's that's what you're here for right that's all we care about no I'm kidding um where where are you at now where are you at now with him what are what are some of your goals how have your goals changed how are you approaching (laughs) training differently if you are at all um and having
1: a baby
0: no that doesn't matter we're talking about dogs yeah (laughs)
1: literally like today i was sitting there with a big baby in a swaddle playing crying noises working on his place cue you know what I mean so like my 2023 goal is for Toby to live in harmony and coexistence with the baby I'm excited for this because I'm excited to normalize coexistence and parallel activities versus like having your baby on top of your dog so Mm -hmm. I'm really excited Mm -hmm. to like get that out into um the dog world just to show like these are some easy things you could do to prep your dog for a very stressful thing and it's actually better from infant to toddler, toddler to like, have them separate. That's cool. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. Um, I would love for Toby to actually like my family. <laughs> so that would be great. Um, they live far away. So we haven't done a lot of work on that. But since I am having a baby, you know, he'll have guests over a lot more. So working on predictable patterns with guests coming into the house, teaching him that if he's overwhelmed, he can just go away, choosing flight over fight. Those are things that I would like to work on. And then we are working a lot on obedience now, which is really. Oh,
0: I never thought I'd it's something.
1: Day. It's really cool. <laughs> it's something that I never really thought I would enjoy. Uh, people think I put on all these hours of training. I don't. I just like do this all day <laughs> and like capture behaviors and like toss cookies. <laughs> Um, I really haven't put in a lot of effort into like formal training. So I took Shade Weitzel's class and learned just really great foundational concepts on how to teach behavior. So we're working on like, you know, healing and um, downing and things that most people probably, it's the first thing they work on. But it's, we've really never worked on obedience.
0: I, I love that actually. I love that you're like working on that now. And I'm excited to see yeah. how it goes. I know Shade is awesome. I,
1: Amy said, you know, Kayla, it's time to work on obedience. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> He's like, Yep, time to take Shades class. Like, it's time. And I was like, wait, I okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, Amy. I just now do you
0: find though that the obedience, since you've started doing some obedience that you're noticing it so in Toby. Like so in his helpful. like in emotionally though.
1: Yeah, for sure, because my communication is so much clearer.
0: So you know you what think, I mean? Like do you think if you would have like I know you've kind of gotten everything you like you got everything squared away at least with the management and you've gotten them to a place that you liked and then you did obedience but now that you've done the obedience do you think if you would have done it earlier it would have helped
2: damn Damn you I was gonna ask her that question
1: um (laughs) I think I think it could have I think like location specific markers would have been helpful but to a but like yes and no because when I'm out in the real world, I'm not giving a. Am I curse? No, I'm not giving yeah, a poop. Can. We're not. About, uh, children. I'm not. I'm not giving a shit about marking. Like I don't mark shit when I'm out. You know what I mean? I'm not marking any behaviors, which is why I completely ditched the clicker. I'm just connecting with my dog when we're out on walks. So he wasn't ever able to really hear me. So it was more so just me being connected with my dog and playing these fun food games. I completely ditched marking any behavior cause we weren't really working on an operant model if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it could have been helpful to a degree but with how much Toby was struggling, not really because I would have needed um, a lot more negative reinforcement, a lot more force in order to follow through with any behavior because he just wasn't, he wasn't in a clear mind. You know, you can't really follow through with things when mm-hmm. your mind's kind of hijacked. Um, so like yes and no. I think it would have been helpful just to clean up my mechanics I guess, but I'm really happy with the way I did it. I'm really happy with focusing on management and play and just getting a dog that was loose and happy and then once he was confident enough to actually, you know, cope in the world to now work on skills to better handle the world
0: okay so what is your goal so so back to your goals now like with Toby so do you think you're gonna take so the obedience how far do you want to take it are you just doing it for fun I know obviously you have a baby on the way which by the way I think that's a great obviously we should do a podcast on that because I feel like recently there I have like a whole a whole group of clients that's like the oh shit I'm having a baby in a month client (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah. and I understand it's definitely like a life-changing stressful especially for first time First time, I wasn't going to say dog owners, but it's a baby. Like, I don't know, first time yeah. parents, um, they're like, oh no, I hope my, you know, older dog is going to accept this new baby into the house. Or maybe someone with a baby is getting a puppy at the same time, which I don't know if I yep. would recommend but, um, that,
2: but. What are you, what program or are you, are you working with someone? Is there a program you're following uh, for so the baby preparation?
1: I do have a, a baby you highlight. Um, so everything that I'm doing for prepping the baby, I am putting in a highlight. Uh, some great resources. Um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on her name. It's in there. Amy recommended it. It was a webinar. There's this brilliant um, dog trainer. Jennifer uh, canine, No, it's it's canine dog training is her mm-hmm. Instagram handle. Crap. Um, but yes, yeah, family paws is another one. Dog meets yep. baby is another one. Um, I just bought um, a book. It's all in there. I have a highlight and I'm going to organize it. Um, But one more thing, just to piggyback off, there's one more point I wanted to mention about the obedience question, because I know this is something that me and Vinny talk about sometimes. But the other thing is, I think it's important to remember that like dog owners can only handle like one or two things at a time. So it's really prioritizing in that moment, like what they can focus on. So there is no way that I would have been able to focus on learning management, play, like relaxation stuff, and cleaning up my mechanics and teaching obedience while working a full time job. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like, let's prioritize. And I always tell people, because people will ask me, like, how do you deal with all these different behaviors and I say you know make one or two goals one or two big behavioral goals and make some little tiny goals that can help achieve them but like don't focus on everything at once because it's just going to be half ass everywhere
0: yeah that's really good advice that's no that's great advice Mm -hmm. really honing in on that that one area did you did you have a way of staying organized or did you just wing
1: it yeah i post every i post everything on social media yeah
0: so you always say that you like use your you like use your instagram almost like a a way it's a journal yeah smart and it's
1: really easy because like i'll go back to highlights and i'll look at things that i recommended and i'll quickly delete it because i was like (laughs) oh do not do that you know what i mean and then i'll and then i'll and then i'll take that and i'll put it in like a toby progress album and i'm gonna be like i'm gonna highlight all my mistakes in that video one day you know what i mean so like it's it's really helpful to see how my training has progressed and like how much better I am <laughs> oh, <laughs> because I have I, cocky I, over there. I have she, I mean I've grown so much. <laughs> I was so bad. I mean I mean the bar was low. <laughs> the bar was really low, and I think sometimes I think sometimes Amy will still forget things. Like I'll show her a video and she'll be like Kayla, what are you doing? And I was like, wait, am I not supposed to do that? She's like, no. I was like amy i'm still learning <laughs> you know like sometimes like yeah i i'm still learning a lot like i'm not saying i know everything i i literally am still struggling with like simple things but from where i came from knowing absolutely nothing i am really like proud of both me and toby i, well,
0: I think everyone I really, oh sorry anthony I'm i really over no you. i
2: was just to say mm-hmm. I just really like i really admire the like how much uh, how passionate you are for this. Cause mm-hmm. it, I mean, like, you know, I don't, it's a, maybe a hobby, but I, I feel like it's more than just a, you know, a hobby for you, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just love I like think- how, how it like, you know, you get all lit up as you talk about this stuff. And now you found like you're doing obedience and you're doing all these mm-hmm. other things. And yeah, I just, I, I just really like, I just really like all of it. <laughs>
1: I mean, when you have a dog like Toby, where you've seen him be almost euthanized, and just he was a shell of a dog, like his eyes were lifeless. He was so, you know, he had no quality of life. And then you see what training can do, and how much he can change. And like, you see this like, dog that was always meant to be come out. It's the most reinforcing thing you could possibly have. And like, me and Toby, like, we're best friends. Like he is my heart, my soul, like, I love him so much. I, I don't know, like, am I gonna love him more my baby? Like, I think I might struggle with it a little bit. (laughs) But like, it's just seeing what can be achieved through, you know, just kindness and patience. And it's, it's remarkable. So I just want, I want to normalize, it's okay to be kind to your dogs. I want to normalize, it's okay to go at you know whatever pace is appropriate for you. It's okay to get frustrated. Oops. Sorry, okay. it, it's it's <laughs> it's okay to get frustrated. You know, it's okay to get angry. Like, it's okay for you to have feelings too, not just worry about your dog's feelings, but like you to have feelings because going through this whole process, it was it was a real, it wasn't easy. And I just want people to know that, like, I'm here if to show you the good and the bad the highs and the lows um and that it's all normal
2: what would you recommend Ooh, i just my voice just cracked who going through it's okay, Going he'll on be there? A, did you hear that boy one day. did you hear that yeah <laughs> uh, what would you recommend or what advice would you would you give to to owners who are struggling with a dog who has behavior issues
1: manage <laughs> i i would I would suggest, um, I would, I would suggest uh, definitely taking a step back, working again on just simple, fun games with food and like, or toys even like that could help manage and just, just, I don't know, playing with your dogs, like reactivity can get so heavy and we feel so often that we have to take our dogs around triggers and do all this serious work but my behavior modification work is literally just like hanging out and like in a field and playing with my dog and like things are in the background It, it doesn't have to be that serious and I think by doing it that way you'll also remember like why you loved your dog in the first place which I think when you're dealing with a dog with a lot of behavioral challenges we sometimes forget that You know, we sometimes just get angry and frustrated with them. So just taking a time from working around triggers and just literally like getting goofy with your dog, laughing with your dog, you know, just enjoying your dog and doing things that both you and your dog enjoy because you're important in that piece of the puzzle, too.
0: I think you're bringing up a good a good point, too, that dog trainers need to remember is even though you're training the dog. The, the humans you're working with can have all of these big emotions like you could we be angry them. you could be pissed like sometimes it's easy for for us to go in and be like I need to work on this dog and I need to do what's best for this dog but it's like you have to do what's best for the person in that dog's life and then what's also best for that dog and then if you can kind yeah. of blend that but you can't just go all in for the dog and then make the people feel like no. shit and be like, oh, There's everything you're doing is wrong. You need to do this. You know what I mean? No. Um, and then if you're uh, if if you're a parent, if you're a dog parent of of a dog that has difficulties, you have to realize that it's normal to be angry and ticked off. And
1: yeah. Do you know how many times I sing "f you" to Toby? <laughs> you know, I don't yell at him, but I definitely curse at him in a sing song voice. You know,
0: I tell Zim, normal. I tell it's Zim like, every day that I love Baloo more than him. I like let him know. Like I tell Ballou, I'm like you know I love you more than Zim. <laughs> like almost every and, you know, day. And
1: sometimes that, that could be really helpful sometimes too. It's like, oh, Toby, <laughs> you're such a jackass. You know, and it kind of has, and he's like literally sitting here wagging his tail. like.
0: That's the best part. They sometimes. never know. We always know. talk about that, like They're about like, Spencer. Like he'll do like the craziest <laughs> shit and like <laughs> wreak havoc and then he'll just be like chill like he doesn't even like no yeah. remorse at all it's great like <laughs> he'll be like hey what's up like but... how was your day <laughs> <It> was <great. laughs>
1: you you that's... you raise a really good point there's two sides of the leash and both are struggling mm-hmm. so making it easier for both of them and that's why i do I'll always say i would just focus on you know getting a solid management system, because I really think without that foundation, you're just going to be set up to fail and just playing with your dog. So you, or, or like going on doing whatever you and your, like your, you and your dog like, you know, that could be anything I say play, but it play is, you know, a very big definition. Um, going on, like it, it, it could be very specific, but just like doing things you guys enjoy.
0: And then also seeking professional help, but then not like blindly following because you you have you've bounced around and you've learned from different people and you've experimented with different methodologies, Um, you know, because that's a trap that, uh, you know, and it's it's understandable. Like if I went to, you know, a chiropractor or I went to a physical therapist, like I don't know if there are different types of physical therapists. I don't know if physical therapists argue with each other about things. So like when we I do go to a physical therapist, like I just go, oh, this is a physical therapist. And if they're nice yeah. and they seem trustworthy, like I'm just going to blindly follow them because yeah. I guess they just assume I'm just assuming that what they're saying is the right way. So, you know, I guess one last thing would be. I'm assuming you follow your gut your feelings like when you were when you would notice yeah. that like hey this doesn't jive well with me is it like because of your feelings the way that like how are you making those decisions
1: so I definitely think you know you hit the nail on the head just follow your gut If like something doesn't feel right then then kind of get curious and that's the big takeaway I think for anyone is like get curious Uh, get curious about everything that you come into contact with, right? Like God, in the beginning, I don't question her as much anymore because like it clearly works. But in the beginning, I questioned Amy over everything because it was so different from what I was doing. Right. And it's just, you know, getting curious and asking questions. And if you have a trainer that when you ask those questions and they get defensive, like hella red flag, (laughs) go away. Um, But yeah, definitely ask questions. Um, Ask, you know, what do you do when the dog does something right? What do you do when the dog does something wrong? I think that those two questions by itself are really helpful and useful questions. First, like what certifications do you have? Which are important, but like, what do you do when the dog does something right? What do you do when the dog does something wrong? Could give you a lot of information right there.
0: That's good. That's good advice.
1: All right, And for me, I actually... I actually like that I didn't work with a trainer in the beginning just because I don't think I would have learned everything I had learned yeah, in a different no, way. Yeah.
0: That's, that's very <laughs> true. That is very true. For
1: everyone else, hire a professional. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, thanks for coming on. I did the intro, Anthony. I have to do the outro too. Like, what is this? This is like, this is a lot for me. You're putting a lot on me. you're sweating a
2: lot tonight i'm
0: sweating you're making me nervous making me do the intro i gotta do the outro what
2: (laughs) well where can everyone find you let everyone know where 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 can they find you um online
1: you can find me on instagram at the toby project with underscores as well as tiktok and that is yeah that's where you can find me i will not get i will not give where i work (laughs) we're not doing clubhouse
0: (laughs) clubhouse tomorrow same place same room
1: (laughs) yeah
2: all right cool well thanks for coming on this was great this was a lot of fun
1: thanks for having me guys
2: see you later guys